God knew we would face struggles in our lives, so He sent us Jesus to help us in our need. This message is entitled, Jesus Helps People Who Struggle. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Well, welcome on this last weekend. Yeah, can you believe it's the last weekend of 2020? We're here together in worship online. I'm so grateful that you've joined us. If this is your first time being with us uh, for worship, we want to welcome you. Actually, on the screen, you'll see a little note there that uh, tells us how we tells you how we can get to know you a little bit better. So let us know about where you're where you're watching from, a little bit about yourself, so we can officially welcome you to service this weekend. If you're a regular, welcome back this weekend as well. Just a quick reminder that coming up this Thursday, yes. It's New Year's Eve, and we're going to bring in the new year with worship and praise and a message preparing our hearts together for 2021. I believe that God has something He's going to say to you as a part of that. So mark your calendar on New Year's Eve, 9 and 11, two, two broadcasts of our online service, 9 and 11 p.m., bringing in 2021. Go ahead and grab your Bibles, if you will, and let's turn our attention to the message for this final weekend of 2020. And I'm going to share with you a message that I believe will be a blessing and a help in your life as we think about uh, how God works in our lives when we're struggling. I want to talk to us this weekend about how Jesus helps people who struggle. It's been an amazing year, hasn't it? That word amazing can be used in lots of different ways. Obviously, it is a year that everyone will remember. I'm sure that as you look past this year for the rest of your life, you'll remember that 2020 was that year. It was a year that, as we look at the impact of 2020, it affected people in lots of different ways. It created new struggles for people. People struggled with things that perhaps they'd never struggled with before, and it intensified already existing struggles. Perhaps for marriages that are already in trouble, always already going through some challenges. The fact that we were quarantined at home perhaps added pressure to that situation. Or maybe there are other things in your life that intensified a struggle that you were already facing or created a new struggle for you. This year has been that kind of year. And I want to draw our attention to a theme this year, this as we're wrapping up 2020, that I believe will help us prepare as we go into a, a brand new year. I'm very excited about a new series of messages. We'll begin the first weekend of January. I'm going to talk about the year of recovery, and you don't want to miss that. But I want to focus today upon the struggles of our life and how Jesus helps us in the midst of our struggles. What does he do for people who struggle? There's a story from the ministry of Jesus that really helps us to learn some valuable lessons about how Jesus treats people who struggle. Let me take you to Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read the first 20 verses. Perhaps you're familiar with the story, but I want you to listen closely to how Jesus helped a particular man. They arrived. They there speaks of Jesus and his disciples. They arrived at the other side of the lake at the region of the Gerasenes. As Jesus stepped ashore, a demon-possessed madman, by the way, I'm reading from the Passion Translation, a demon-possessed madman came out of the graveyard and confronted him. The man had been living there among the tombs of the dead, and no one was able to restrain him, not even with chains. For every time they attempted to chain his hands and feet with shackles, he would snap the chains and break the shackles in pieces. He was so strong that no one had the power to subdue him. Day and night, he could be found lurking in the cemetery or in the vicinity, shrieking and mangling himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran to him and threw himself down before him, screaming out at the top of his lungs, leave me alone, Jesus, son of the most high God. Swear in God's name that you won't torture me, for Jesus had already said to him, come out of that man, you demon spirit. 
Jesus said to him, what is your name? Mob or legion, one translation says. He answered, they called me mob. They call me mob or legion because there are thousands of us in his body. So this man was occupied by thousands of demons living inside of him, a legion. That legion represents somewhere between 3,000 and 6,000 demons living inside this man. Can you imagine that many demons living inside of a person? He begged Jesus repeatedly not to expel them out of the region. Nearby there was a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside. The demons begged him, send us into the pigs, let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission and the demon horde immediately came out of the man and went into the pigs. This caused the herd to rush madly down the steep slope and fall into the lake, drowning about 2,000 pigs. Now the herdsmen fled to the nearby villages, telling everyone what they saw as they ran through the countryside, and everyone came out to see what had happened. This was an amazing event. When they found Jesus, they saw the demonized man sitting there, properly clothed and in his right mind. Seeing what had happened to the man who had thousands of demons, the people were terrified. Those who had witnessed this miracle reported the news to the people and included what had happened to the pigs. Then they asked Jesus to leave the region. And as Jesus began to get into the boat to depart, the man who had been set free from the demons asked him, could I go with you? Jesus answered, no, but said to him, go back to your, fam to your home and to your family and tell them what the Lord has done for you. Tell them how he had mercy on you. So the man left and went into the region of Jordan and parts of Syria to tell everyone he met about what Jesus had done for him, and all the people marveled. The story here is about a man whose life was in a very serious set of circumstances, great trouble. He was struggling even with death itself, struggling with evil in his life. This man is not identified by name. We do not know his name. He's identified by his struggle. He's identified by his problem, and perhaps that's how you feel at times. You're identified not so much by who you are as a person, but by the struggle that you're going through in your life. He was a man, as I mentioned a moment ago, with thousands of demons controlling him, somewhere between three and 6,000 demons living inside of him. What do we learn from this man? What do we learn about how Jesus helps people who struggle? How does it apply to your life and to my life? Let me share with you four lessons that I thought about recently that I think will be effective for your life as well. Number one, I want you to remember that Jesus is actually attracted to people who struggle. I think that's counterintuitive to most of us. We tend to think that Jesus sort of avoids people who struggle, but the reality is, is that Jesus is attracted to people who are struggling in their lives. This story actually follows on the heels of another very famous story. It's the story of Jesus sending his disciples across the Sea of Galilee, and they enter this, engage in this, or experience this terrible storm, and Jesus rises up in the boat and rebukes the wind and the waves on the Sea of Galilee, and it's, and it's now calm, and they're making their way across the Sea of Galilee from one side to the other side, and now as they're approaching that side, there's a reason why they're there, because they go and they perform, Jesus performs a miracle with this man, and then they leave and head right back to where they came from. And what I want you to see is this. What was driving Jesus to leave one side of the lake and go to the other side of the lake was one man. One man in his struggle. 
Because as soon as they finished their engagement with this one man, as soon as Jesus delivered him, you'll find in verse 21, that they left there and went back to the other side. It's very evident that the entire journey that Jesus took that day was about helping one man, helping one man who was struggling. He crossed the lake because he felt the call, he felt the agony, he felt the pain, he felt the torment of this one man. And before this man knew Jesus, Jesus knew him. He knew him in his struggle. In his spirit, Jesus heard the cry. He heard the agony. He heard the heartache in the man that desperately wanted to be free and desperately needed to be free. How does this apply to you and me? It reminds us that many times in our struggles, we may feel very isolated, alone, and unseen, uncared for, but nothing could be farther from the truth. Jesus, like a magnet, is drawn to metal, to steel. Jesus is drawn attracted to people in pain, attracted to people who are struggling. If you're in pain today, if you're struggling in some area of your life, whether it be spiritually or emotionally or psychologically or relationally, if there's some area of your life where you're struggling, I want you to think of Jesus as being attracted to you. Just like a magnet is attracted to steel, Jesus has his eyes upon you. Psalm 34 verse 18 says this, the Lord is close to, I love that, he's close to, He draws near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. As we think about the story of this man, Jesus goes from one side of the the Sea of Galilee to the other side of the Sea of Galilee to reach one particular man. He goes out of his way because of someone that was struggling. If you're struggling, Jesus is attracted to you. The second lesson that we need to learn from the story is that the size of our struggles never intimidates Jesus. See, struggles come in different sizes. They come in different complexities. They come in in varying longevities. Some struggles seem kind of small, and we get over them in 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 a short period of time. They're not very complex. They're kind of simple to work your way through, but there are struggles that are, are bigger in size and more complex, and they've been around for a long time. And it's much easier for us to believe that the small and simple and short-lived struggles can be helped, but these these big ones, these complex ones, these long-standing ones cannot be helped, that somehow God is limited. He, He can deal with the small stuff, but perhaps he can't handle the bigness of my problem. Perhaps he can't handle the complexity of my problem. Perhaps he can't handle the longevity of my problem, but this is not true at all. The man... In this story, I think you'll agree with me, had a very big, a very complex, a very long-standing struggle. You don't have 3,000 to 6,000 demons inside of you without your situation being fairly complex. You don't have 3,000 to 6,000 demons living inside of you without your situation being deemed as fairly urgent and fairly significant, fairly large, and in fact, for this man, very long-standing. It had been a part of his life for many, many years. We don't know how long or when he entered into this state, but it had been there for an extended period of time. He was uncontrollable. He was irrational. He was destructive. He was dominated by darkness. He was dominated by the spirit of death. He was trying to destroy him himself. His struggle was a big deal, and no one had been able to help him. No one had been able to restrain him. No one had been able to bring him a cure in his life. It was a really big issue, a really big problem. But then Jesus comes along, and Jesus steps into this man's massive issue. He steps into this man's big 
problem. Jesus wasn't intimidated by the complexity. He was not intimidated by the longevity. He was not intimidated by the largeness of the man's situation in the least bit. Not intimidated at all. You may feel that your struggle, your situation is massive, it's complex, has a long history. Maybe your struggle has been so large and intimidating, intimidating that other people have sort of, sort of dismissed your case as hopeless. Maybe someone's even told you there's no hope for you. There's no hope for that marriage, no hope for your life, no hope for whatever you're facing. Perhaps you've heard that, if perhaps not from someone else, maybe you've told yourself, my situation is hopeless. But I want you to remember today this very important message that Jesus is attracted to people who struggle. If you're struggling right now, Jesus is attracted to you. And Jesus is not intimidated in the least by the complexity, by the largeness, by the, comple- by the, by the aspects of your problem that would cause you to think that it's hopeless. Jesus is not intimidated by anything going on in your life. The third lesson that I see in this passage that I believe will be helpful for you this weekend is that Jesus, notice this, Jesus has the power to conquer our struggles. Nothing human, I mentioned, mentioned it a moment ago, there's absolutely no one that could have helped this man. People had tried over the years. He had a problem that was beyond the realm of human help. He had a problem that was beyond the, the realm of natural help. No human being could help him, and there were no natural cures for him. This man needed a power beyond the natural. He needed supernatural power to to solve his issue. He needed the power of God to free his soul from the struggle that plagued his life. And as we see in the story, Jesus was the one that stepped in and unlocked the chains that bound this man. And I want to remind you as well, as we're studying this weekend, that Jesus has the master key to every problem. You may feel like your problem, again, is so complex. The the aspects of that problem are so locked up, no key could ever unlock it. But Jesus has the master key. He has the power to assist you. This man needed God's grace. He needed God's power to bring the situation under control and under God's authority. And Jesus did this very thing for him. Jesus stepped in and he identified the problem. He said, the problem you face in your life is legion. It is this mob of demons living inside of you. And then Jesus confronted this problem authoritatively. He said, I'm going to do something that will set you free. And he spoke the word of deliverance to this man. He rebuked and he expelled the spirit behind the problem. He dealt with the root issue in this man's life, and he transformed this, this man's life that, that, event, that, that originally was, was troubled, and he was disturbed, but now when he comes away from his encounter with Jesus, he is tranquil, he is useful, he is in his right mind, he's transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm so glad that we serve a Savior who is, again, not intimidated by our problems, but not only is he not intimidated, he has the power and the authority to actually change things that humanity cannot change. That's why we have a hope in heaven. We have a hope in the power of heaven coming into our earth, Jesus stepping into our world and doing things for us that we could never do for ourselves. He has the power to help you conquer your struggle and to make you a conqueror over your struggles. The last thing I want to share with you this weekend How does Jesus help people who struggle? Jesus uses healed strugglers to help transform other strugglers. This is the end result. 
so wonderful that when you and I have an encounter with Jesus and he does something in our life, it's not just for us. It's always to use us in some manner to be a blessing and a help to others. The end of the story is not just about this man's deliverance. As wonderful as the man's deliverance is, the story does not conclude with that. In fact, it's also about the usefulness of this man after he had been delivered. See, in your life, deliverance, when Jesus delivers you, saves you, redeems you, restores you, recovers you from something, it's not just about you. It's also about the people who will find help through the freedom you have found in Jesus. Let me take you back to the story and show you exactly what happens at the end of this encounter that this man has with Christ, the struggling man. What does he look like at the end of the story? Go back with me to verses 18 through 20 of Mark chapter 5. And as Jesus began to get in the boat to depart, this is after the deliverance has transpired, the man who had been set free from demons asked him, could I go with you? So you see that this man now wants to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus. He doesn't just want a moment deliverance. Let me say this just as a digression for a moment. Uh, what you need and we all need in our life is not just a moment where Jesus sets us free from something, but then we move from that freedom into a discipled relationship, an ongoing following relationship with Jesus so that he continues to work in us and through us. So he asked the question, the man does, could I go with you? I want to be your follower. I want to be one of your disciples. I want to learn more about the one who set me free. Verse 19, Jesus answered, no, but said to him, go back to your home and to your family and tell them what the Lord has done for you. Tell them how he had mercy on you. So the man left and went into the region of Jordan and parts of Syria to tell everyone he met about what Jesus had done for him. And all the people marveled. Once this man was set free, he wanted to help others find freedom. So what Jesus did is Jesus gave him a mission. He said, no, I don't want you to travel with me, and I don't want you to go back with me across the Sea of Galilee to that territory. We're going to bear witness there, but I want you to stay here and go back to your home and go to your family and, and tell what the Lord has done for you. Tell, the, tell what the Lord has accomplished in your life. Talk about the mercy that you have received from God. And this is God's plan for you as well, that your freedom then makes you a messenger freedom to and for other people. I hope you'll receive that today because that's the end result of Jesus working in our lives. We become a messenger of his work and, a, and really a, a, a giver of hope, a purveyor of hope to other people because of what we've experienced in our own, own lives as well with him. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. What a wonderful God we have. I think we would all stop there and say amen to that. What a wonderful God we have. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of of every mercy, and the one who so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. And why does he do this? Notice this. Why does he comfort us? Why does he strengthen us? Why does he help us? Why does he deliver us in our hardships and trials? And why does he do this? So that, notice that phrase, so that, here's the reason, so that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them the same help and comfort God has given to us. The end result of the story was this man who we originally find as a terribly confused, struggling man filled with demonic entities and demonic power controlling his life. Jesus is attracted to him. Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee to touch one man. And I believe that today, right where you are, that for some of you, 
I want you to sense and be aware of the fact that where you might, wherever you might be right now, maybe your den, your, your kitchen, your bedroom, wherever you are in this moment, watching this broadcast or listening to this broadcast, that I want you to know that Jesus is walking into the room toward you because he's attracted to you. He knows your struggles and he's attracted to you. He loves you with a love that goes beyond anything you can imagine. Just like Jesus traveled across the sea in the midst of a storm to get to this man, Jesus is traveling toward you today. And you might say, well, yeah, pastor, but you don't know how big my situation is. It's not bigger than this man's. It's not any bigger than what he was facing. It's not more complex than what this gentleman was experiencing in his life. No matter what, how big it might be, it's, it's not intimidating to Jesus. It's not a size that goes beyond what Christ can handle. He has the power to help you in your struggles. And the beautiful thing is, as you begin to move out of those struggles, and by the way, as we move into January this year, I'm gonna to talk to us about how to experience this recovery, how to experience these points of deliverance in our lives. And as you come out, what happens is that you and I are able to be healed struggles, strugglers that help other people who need to find freedom as well. God is able to then use us to be messengers of hope to a world that desperately needs it. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Father, we're so grateful today for the opportunity that we've had to study your word. Thank you for the story in the Bible. We're so grateful that you are willing to cross the Sea of Galilee to find that one man and bring deliverance to him. Take the disciples through the storms on the Sea of Galilee to, to find their way to this one hurting man that you heard the cries of this man and you were attracted to him. And I thank you that today that you're attracted to the people that are hurting, that are watching this broadcast today, that you are, you are aware of their need. You're close to the brokenhearted. Lord, thank you that there's no issues that we face in our life that are too big for you, too complex for you, that no matter how large and massive they are and complex they are and how long perhaps they've been around, thank you that those do not intimidate you at all. Just as you step into this man's life, you want to step into our lives as well. Lord, thank you that you have all the power that's necessary to bring deliverance to us, to help us to move forward, to be transformed so that not only are we changed, but there's a message that comes to our lives through which we can proclaim to other people the hope that we found in you. Lord, seal this message in our heart today by the power and strength of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus. I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us 
from the inside out and you become a new creation. All things pass away, all things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.